and welcome to the I Am Woman Project, where every week we have deep thought-provoking and interesting conversations with thought leaders, change instigators, rule breakers and creative minds who think differently, sparking creativity and inspiration. Our special guests on our show cover a variety of topics just for you, and they share their personal stories to inspire, motivate and empower you, our listener. The I Am Woman podcast is produced for your enjoyment and show notes are found at www.catherineplano.com. Come back often and feel free to add the podcast to your favorite RSS feed or iTunes. All links are in the show notes. Now let's get into the show. We are so blessed this week. We have another super amazing woman for you, Rebecca Campbell. Rebecca is a writer, a creative, an artist, a celebrated spiritual teacher and the best-selling Hay House author and creator of the Rise Sister Rise Sisterhood Membership. Rebecca teaches internationally, encouraging people to spend more time with their soul. Featured in Vogue, Stylist, Clio and the Star Column of the Sunday Times, Rebecca has also been awarded Best Emerging Voice by Kindred Spirit, Promising New Talent by the Mind Body Spirit Festival and Top 100 Woman of Spirit. Rebecca experienced her first awakening as a young teenager and has been studying the intuitive mystics arts ever since. When she was 18, she answered an inner calling to go on a solo pilgrimage to initiate herself in the sacred sites of the UK and Ireland. She has since travelled many of the world's ancient sites and leads sacred retreats through her Rise Sister Rise Sisterhood. Prior to writing books, Rebecca forged a successful career as an award-winning creative director in advertising where she worked for some of the world's biggest advertising agencies in London and Sydney to help them find their authentic voice. In her 20s, Rebecca blogged her way around the world as the Skype nomad and shared her adventures in a regular column in the Daily Telegraph. Originally from the sunny shores of Sydney, Rebecca now lives in London with her husband and puppy, Shakti, but you can find her down under most summers getting her salt water and sunshine fix. It's now time to tune into this spiritual blessing to soothe your soul. Enjoy. We have a super amazing guest for you this week. We have Rebecca Campbell all the way from London. Welcome to I Am On Project Show. Thank you so much for having me, Catherine, and hello, everyone. It's been an absolute pleasure. And for our listeners, we're having a chat. Rebecca's actually from Australia, so we can talk more about that. And uh, she's also coming to Australia very soon. Uh, before that, we go into that and unpack that piece, we always love to start with a story, Rebecca. So we would love to hear what's your unique story and how did you get to where you are today? Mm-hmm. So today I'm a I'm a teacher and I I'm an author and creator. But before that, when I was quite young, I grew up in Australia and had from quite a young age quite a few extreme spiritual experiences, which made me feel 
quite weird, to be honest. Um, I began experiencing past lives and being connected with people who had lost loved ones through death, particularly mothers who had lost children. And at a young age, it made me just feel really weird. <laughs> so on one hand, I had this real deep yearning and love to find out as much as I could about spirituality and the soul. And on the other hand, I just wanted to be a normal kid. <laughs> so so I went into what I call a spiritual closet at a young age. I began training in the intuitive arts on the side while also just being a normal teenager. I went to university and ended up deciding to go. Um, I remember discovering the word light worker, which was essentially um, to me that word means anyone who's like a healer or a shaman or anyone who is, is has what I call a double mission. So it's like they're here to grow individually as souls as well as devoting their life to being of service in, in whatever way that they're called. And at that stage, I had had visions of doing the work I do today, but I just didn't understand how I would make it happen. And, and I guess that was the issue back then. I thought that it was up to me to make it happen. So I went about really consciously creating my life. I went into communications after university, uh, began working as a writer and a copywriter and then creative director uh, in advertising. And so my job there was really to help brands find their authentic voice and put messages out into the world. And I had seen how, how bombarded we all were with messages and still are today. And so in my undercover way, I was trying to put positive vibes out there. But now when I look back, I realize that I was really, I was really just afraid to do the work I do now. And it really took, I moved, moved over to London progressed the career and climbed the ladder and did all the things that that we're we're meant to do but increasingly it became very clear that that the life I'd created and really consciously created wasn't in alignment with my soul and my gifts and and the path that that I I really came here to walk and so like many of us when we go through these moments where it's like we, there is a there is a new path to walk. I resisted it big time, and it really took my whole life crumbling around me through the loss of some very dear friends, the ending of a long term relationship, and then showing up to work and just knowing that it just wasn't in alignment anymore. For all of that to crumble, and for me to finally. It was like in those rock bottom moments, I think this is such a common thing for people. It's like the my friend Robert Holden talks about those moments as not being the dark night of the soul, but rather the dark night of the ego. And that was definitely the case for me. I remember being in my flat in Notting Hill in London and just you know, being, just being, feeling so stuck and I, I began crying and then the water pipes burst in my, in my flat. And it was like, oh God, it was one of those kind of like Hollywood type moments that you'd have in a, in a film, but it was not romantic at all. My whole uh, flat began to be flooded with this, like all this gross water. It was like this watery sea of despair. And it was really finally in that moment that I finally stopped trying to control my life and asked spirit to lead me. Um, within quite a short amount of time, it was like six to 12 months, 
my life had been was categorically different in on the side I'd been doing intuitive readings on the side I'd been uh, leading workshops and groups but I was just afraid to to dive full on into it and through me finally surrendering that resistance um, it was as if everything that and I, I really think this is the case when we're when we're resisting a path everything kind of it, it it's like it it piles up waiting for us and it felt like as soon as I did that little by little everything on the path which I'd been called to walk began lining up and I realized how how much I'd been really using my own willpower in the previous life that I'd created versus when I finally surrendered to the one that my soul was calling me towards, the one that I was afraid to walk. And I think this is so often the case. Often the 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 path of the soul requires courage. And so when I gathered up the courage to finally surrender to that, it 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 wasn't necessarily easy in the sense of like it didn't require hard work. Of course it did, but the, but it felt like I wasn't working against life. So that's really my story, and of course, like everyone's, it's constantly evolving, and where 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 it's not a straight line, and where we're continually spiraling. But in essence, my journey's been all about finding the courage to to walk the path that I was afraid to walk. Mm, I love that. And I think that we all go through that. Sometimes it's Mm -hmm. this judgment that we have on self, whether uh, what will people think of me, Uh, will I be successful, you know, afraid to stand in your light. I think I could really resonate Mm -hmm. with that. For our listeners, what is a light worker? A light worker is essentially anyone who is, wanting to connect with their spirit with their soul and let that part of them lead them so I believe that our soul our spirit our intuition um, that part of us is connected to the same mysterious force that's woven through all of life it's that same intelligence the shakti the life force that 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 causes the seasons to come and go, the tides to come in and out. And as humans, we obviously have our ego and our mind, which are wonderful things. They're not just all bad things. However, in the West particularly, we've been raised to to live from or lead from the mind versus letting the mind serve the spirit. And I believe a light worker is someone who is is willing to do the flip, so willing to let that mysterious force, that that spirit, that universe in them, the God in them, to lead them. And when that happens, without even trying, we are are being of service in the world because we're surrendering back into that flow. Oh, that really resonates with me. And I think that I also links in with what you were saying that when you were talking about some of the things that you went through, I love that the dark night, that this is not a the dark night of the soul. It's a dark night of the ego. And mm. when we're talking about ego, it's not, I mean, I'd like to get your thoughts on that because we have spoken about ego quite a fair bit. 
There's some that talk about integrating your ego because from a holistic approach, it's about how do we bring it together? Our ego could mm. be our shadow side, the things that we must learn. So maybe mm. talk us through what does ego mean to you? To me, ego is all of that. To, to me, ego is the mind, right, which is very, it's unique to us as humans as well. And so the ego can be the part of us that's triggered and it can be the part of us that's our shadow, but it can also be our willpower that comes in to, you know, make stuff happen when we need need to do that. The issue in the West is that we live from that place as a whole, like I'm being very stereotypical now. My my teacher, Sonia Choquette, I remember her introducing um, another teacher, Albert Einstein, to myself and my class early on, and uh, she shared this quote that he said, which is, the intuitive mind is a sacred gift. The rational mind, which is the ego, is its faithful servant. But we've created a society, particularly in the West, which worships the servant, the ego mind, and dismisses a sacred gift. And so it's the only time that the ego can trip us up is when we're letting it run the show. But the ego and the mind and the willpower and all the things that come with the ego are like it's just as holy. It's just we don't, when we let that part of us lead us, we are leading in our separation because the ego believes that it's separate, right? It's, it's, it's dual. It's like I'm separate from you and mm. it's me against the world and I need to fight for what I, for what I, um, what's, what's mine. Whereas when we lead from the soul, the soul knows it's in union, right? And so when we lead from the soul and allow the ego to serve the soul, then that's when we're using the brilliance of the mind. Mm. So how does one let go of the mind to serve the soul, living in this kind of environment where we get caught up in this rut of being busy? Oh, gosh, absolutely. So, and, and here's the thing. In the, in the past, people who were living from the soul, like the teachers and the healers, they'd be up in the mountains and then they'd come down. They weren't, be, they weren't checking social media updates and, and <laughs> reading comments or, or going about normal life. So this is the challenge of the times we're living in now. It's like how do we integrate the two? And it's, it's a constant challenge for everyone. And the, 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 the most important thing, I believe, is committing to spending a little bit of time with your soul, with your spirit. It's just like any relationship. The more time and love you invest in it, the more you listen to it, which is the voice of your soul, the voice of your intuition, the stronger it gets, the stronger that connection gets. So the first thing I'd recommend is something which I'm sure every spiritual teacher would recommend, and that's committing to some kind of spiritual practice. It doesn't have to be hours on end. It doesn't have to be a certain thing in a certain way, but just it could be just five or ten minutes a day if you don't have a practice at the moment where you show up, you sit down and you meditate or you find a chant that really resonates with you and you sing that. And it can be five minutes or ten minutes, but it's showing up every day with that discipline 
that really does cause the shift. Um, when when I was going through my transition from like really encouraging the soul to step forward and lead, that was definitely the best decision I made. And I've seen many, many people do it um, as well where they show up same time every day and it is just like going to the gym. So it's like, you know, if you want to get a six pack, you got to do some sit-ups and the same thing with, with, with the connection with our soul and our spirit. Mm, I just love that. Absolutely love that. So I'm thinking about, I love the fact that you encourage the soul to step forward and lead. That really mm. resonates with me. And I've got, you know, I'm a visual person, so I've got a really beautiful divine picture. So mm. are you saying, Rebecca, this is how we stand out? Because when you were talking about standing out amongst all the noise uh, mm. and, and, and doing what you do, is it by following your purpose, why you are here? by showing up and standing in your light? Is that how you stand out? Yeah, absolutely. That our soul is always calling us every moment of every day. So how do we differentiate whether it's our our soul whispering to us or it's just us talking to ourselves? Like how do you differentiate the voice? That's such a good question. Practice is the most important tool to do that. Um, but there's a couple of a couple of things that that will be helpful on top of that. First, first up is the voice of our mind, the one that goes is in our head constantly, is very much in our head, and it goes round and round and round. The voice of our mind and our ego tends to have an ulterior motive. So it's like it, it's attached to some kind of outcome. So it'll either be either be preventing us from having a fearful experience or it will it will be invested in some kind of outcome. So that's a really good way to differentiate. The other bit is the voice of our mind um, tends to be quite fast and uh, like from an energetic point of view, like higher pitched, if you know what I mean. So it's mm -hmm. a little bit like, like this is what we should do and blah, blah. It, it, it makes logical sense. It goes round and round and round. It's like, it, it, it's like it's thinking versus the voice of your soul, which is the voice of your intuition of your heart is actually quieter. So it's harder to hear at first. It's very, it's like a whisper and it comes from a place which is not attached to the outcome. Now, the whisper may be calling you to do something which then triggers your mind into the fear and like, we can't do that, blah, 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 blah. But that quiet knowingness, that is the voice of the soul. Often um, that knowingness may be, it may come in many different forms and understanding the different types of, of receiving intuitive information really helps so there is there is a thing a thing called the 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 four main senses um they're called the four main clairs claire um being a french word so one that everyone will probably recognize is clairvoyancy like going to see a clairvoyant that essentially means clear seeing so people who and we we tend to have a primary and a secondary sense Right, and of course we have all these senses, but we tend to lead with a primary and a secondary. So people who have clairvoyancy as their primary way of receiving intuitive information, 
are people who are clear seeing. So they will they will be able to um, visualize things happen. So they will receive their information through visions. Now, the visions don't have to be these like big, you know, I see Jesus in front of me moments. They can literally be just pictures that you see in your mind's eye. So if we, everyone on the podcast now, if we just imagine either with your eyes open or closed, if you imagine a strawberry in front of you, and then you change that strawberry to purple and then you add white dots on it, you're using your clairvoyance, your clear vision to bring that vision up. So that is that sense, right? The second one is clear audience, which is clear hearing. So these people who are are leading with their, their clear audience are people who hear whispers and it's very subtle. And so when you're hearing whispers, you you probably need a lot of quiet time in order to differentiate, right, from the outside noisy world to the inner ear. And same thing, the clairaudience doesn't have to be this big bellowing voice from God that you receive. It can just be this little whisper. When I write, I often am, am tuned into my clairaudience where I'll just kind of like, it's almost like hearing a song in the distance and you're kind of like gathering and pulling each word in. A lot of a lot of writers use clairaudience for their work. People who are clairaudient will probably use the, the term, um, I really hear you, I hear what you're saying. Whereas clairvoyant people are, will probably use the language "I see you." I really, I can really, I really have a vision for for where you're where you're wanting to go with that. So there are just some clues to differentiate. The other two main senses are claircognizance, which is clear knowing. This is the one where uh, you know if you're you you are just like cleaning around the home and you have you just are like you get a, a, a knowing or like someone in your life comes into your mind, right? And then the phone rings and it is that person. That is clear knowing. And clear cognizant people tend to say, I knew that would happen. I know what you mean. <laughs> so it's really this knowingness. Um, and so it's like, it's similar, claircognizance is similar to when we're coming up with an idea for a creative project. Often we might be in the shower and, you know, we're just thinking about the day and then out of nowhere uh, an idea for a book drops in like full ball and it's like the, the second before you didn't have the concept in your head and then now you do. That's claircognizance. And then the, the fourth main one is clairsentience. This is clear feeling. So this is the one for all the empaths out there. So um, people who uh, are leading with their clairsentience, their clear feeling, are people who will step into a room and they'll be able to feel probably in their body, maybe their solar plexus or their heart or their throat, but they'll be able to feel the energy of the room. It's nothing to do with what people are saying, not even to do with the way their body language, but you'd be able to step into the room and feel if there's been an argument or there's been strong words or different emotions. And so clairsentient people, if that's your primary, you are a deep, deep feeler 
and the 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 thing that you want to work on is really getting clear on what what feelings are yours and what feelings are other people's and so understanding those four senses and the way that you receive your your information from your in, intuition from your soul really help in strengthening that relationship so for example a clairsentient person a clear feeling person when their solar plexus burns or their throat restricts it's actually inquiring into that and being like thank you body for communicating with me and by the way all the senses and all intuition is 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 um, communicated through our body our body is the intuitive vessel and and so it's inquiring into that and being like okay so my belly feels restrict like a bit kind of like constricted right now what is that about what is my body trying to tell me right now and inquiring into that just like you would um I think that the relationship with our intuition and our soul is we it's helpful when we look at it like a relationship that we want to invest in in our lives you know if someone in our lives is is um not 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 acting quite right we'll 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 say hey what's wrong and what's what's up with you same thing with our intuition so recognizing which sense is your primary one really helps in getting to know when you're receiving your information Mm, I love that. Actually, we were talking about it today. I was running a workshop. We were talking about doing a deep mm. inquiry. So, for example, if you have a sore throat, it's it's what are you not saying? What are you holding back yeah. on saying? Or, for example, I've got a, a sore ear. So this morning I was saying to myself, what are you not listening to, Catherine? So mm. absolutely, your body is a barometer to what's going on in your mm. world and it's giving you those signals. If only we can quiet ourselves enough or just stop to feel uh, as to what exactly is going on totally and I think that's the that's the thing about that non-negotiable spiritual practice often we we wait until we're in a an emergency situation before res, re, reverting to our connection whereas if we're if we're showing up to listen to the whispers or the feelings every day then we are being proactive. So, you know, in some cases, maybe the body then doesn't have to get our attention because we've been giving our attention, which is not to say any health thing, like often health experiences are also like initiations into different phases of life as well. So it's both. But absolutely, if we if we're ignoring um, our inner voice, our intuition, it will get our attention eventually. Oh, I like the whole piece about sickness being the initiation into something greater. Mm. Absolutely like yeah. that. So what I'm trying to, and I'm sure our listeners are curious as well too, Rebecca, for, for if they were to follow their calling, you were saying mm. before that sometimes our calling is that very thing that we resist, but it's that thing that we must do. What? Mm-hmm. How do you battle through the thing that you must do and you're resisting because mm. maybe ego stepping in and say, but how are you going to make money from that? For example, we do have a lot of mm. people that follow a spiritual path, but yeah. there's this old limiting belief 
in society that you can't make money from a spiritual path. You're talking about your beautiful, you know, oracle cards, you know, there's people Mm. out there that do readers. And when we're talking about embarking on your spirituality and actually making that your purpose and drive that as a way of living, how does one do that? How do you, what, what's something that, you know, if you were to, uh, give that piece of advice, what would be that one thing that we could start doing so that we can start letting go of that resistance and f- follow our light? Mm. Well, I'd say I think the, the most difficult bit is when we're we're in one life and wanting to step into the other and being like, well, how how can this work? Like I've worked so hard on this particular career. How can I just let it all up? And what I'd recommend is, First of all, the the path of the healer and anyone who is doing work that's of service, the shamans of Peru speak about the twice born, right? So born first of the mother and then born second of the greater mother. And by that they mean that when you're when you're surrendering to the life of service, what you really are doing is you're letting go of, and this, it doesn't have to be service. Everyone doesn't have to be healers. This can be artists. This can be film directors, but it's like when we're, when we're surrendering to that greater call and it's scary, what we're really doing is we're leaving the fated life, the one that we were born into behind us and stepping into our destiny life. And when we do that, it does feel like a death is happening because what we're doing in that moment is instead of living the life that we, like the family we were born into, the city we were born into, the school we were born into, the, you know, the body we were born into, we're leaving that life behind in order to let the life that our soul came here to live allowing us to step into that and that does feel like a death and that Mm. does feel scary I don't know anyone who has answered their soul's highest and deepest calling who hasn't gone through some kind of initiation like that where they're like oh my gosh this this is difficult right so and there is something about that initiation that happens when you step into that so I just wanted to say that Mm. if you're someone who is is in this kind of point where you're like, okay, I've got this career and this life and I'm wanting to step more into this one. What I'd recommend is ride two surfboards for a bit. It's, it's a case of every single day doing one thing, edging your way towards where you're being called. You don't have to make, do this full on big leap moment. It will look like a leap from the outside looking in, but in reality, it's a thousand and thousands and thousands little baby steps in that direction. So by the time that you are at the place that looks like a leap to everyone else, you've actually taken thousands and thousands of baby steps and you'll kind of look back and be like, whoa, how did I get here? But it's that daily discipline of showing up, showing up, showing up. Mm. I get the resistance of of charging and making money from doing creative work, from doing healing work. However, I really believe that in this period we're in, we need way more dreamers, more healers, more artists, more shamans, more creatives than we do accountants and all of that all are needed I'm saying accountants my husband's an accountant so I love accountants um <laughs> but 
but but those of us who are called here's the thing I don't think anyone steps into this work without being called I certainly wouldn't have it's not easy work to do however I really feel that if we are called to do the work of service, it's like the only thing harder than doing it is not doing it. Yes. And then once we leap into it, we realize that we're supported. And, you know, I think that when we are leaping into this work, it's easy to feel like we're alone in it. And that's when we need to call upon our lineages. We need to call upon... um, our, our helpers in the subtle realms as well and be like, okay, well, if I'm going to do this work of service, then I need to be supported in this. I need to be led. And so really, so as you deepen a relationship with your spirit and soul, you then also deepen, take the next step to deepen the relationship with the support of the universe and receiving that. Mm. So that brings me to the next thing I, I would love to ask. We always ask our women of inspiration about pain points. So being the uh, spiritual worker that you are, what would be some of your pain points and how do you get through them? Mm-hmm. So my biggest pain point I'd say would have been around sharing my voice, um, expression, absolutely. So, yeah, the I remember the first I'd been doing workshops. I'd been teaching workshops for about six years um, every month. And the first workshop I did was so bad because I was trying to remember everything to say because I was so nervous. And then eventually after teaching every month, um, I got asked to speak on this massive stage. It was with my publisher. It was like 500 people. And I was so scared And, but what I did, and this is what I recommend with anyone is whatever you're, when you're afraid or when you're, when you're resisting or when you're feeling like you're, 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 you're nervous, admit it. That's the easiest. That's the best way to do it. So that's what I did when I I worked with a, a speaking coach, Gail Larson. And I realized that actually my voice is all about courage. So of course, me being afraid is a big part of what I have to share. So um, I stepped out on the stage and I said that my teachers had taught me that if you're uncomfortable, it's a good sign that your soul's growing. And so standing up here on this stage, the good news is that I'm definitely growing right now. (laughs) (laughs) And so, and then that became the, so then, you know, any kind of resistance that I was feeling was exhaled and then the audience could exhale too. Mm. So, and then as a result, I didn't know it at the time, but that actually is a real core message that I have to share. And it's through um, being honest about that, 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 the the teachings can come and I really do believe this that that not in all cases but in many cases it's the 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 human wound that you have and we all have many (laughs) Mm. um but when we surrender that to God or the universe and allow the light to shine through and say please use me as a vehicle here and and a very disciplined your own healing as well then you can be used as this beautiful vessel. So, you know, for someone who would have the same message as me or you, it's it's going to come out very differently 
through you as it will me. And so when we're true to our own experience and we share that, then what happens, and I'm a big believer in this, this concept of like calling in your people, the more you speak um, your truth, the more your people can, can, can find you. If you're trying to be, um, and particularly if there's anyone out there who's, who's like trying to step out and kind of, and feeling like they need to be the expert. My advice is you don't have to be the expert. You just have to say what's true. And what was true for me stepping out onto that stage was I'm afraid and I was born for this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's what that was the other quote I said. It was like there is that Joan of Arc quote, I'm not afraid I was born to do this. And the thing I've discovered about courage, because I've had that quote above my desk for, for so many years and I just, I was like, how could she not be afraid? How could she not be afraid? And then I discovered that, you know, she's the the saint known for courage. And the thing about courage is that it's not possible without fear. That's right. And and so when we acknowledge our fear, we can actually be courageous. There is that other quote, which is so beautiful. I forget who says it now, where it's fear is excitement without the breath. Mm -hmm. And so this relationship between our soul calling and fear is so intertwined. And what stops most people is the fear comes up, the resistance comes up, and then we get stuck. Whereas if we breathe through it, and, and, and as, as one of my teachers taught me, like voice our fears, then we're swimming with life then. So, but it's a, it's a challenging dance, and that's why many people talk about the 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 journey of the soul on earth as being like going to earth school mm. and i really believe being a soul is easy but being human is challenging and no matter how enlightened we are we're constantly swimming with that like i re- i read something the other day which i just love which was um mother teresa said that the reason she was called to and why she she personally wanted to um, do the work that she did was because she had so many judgments about it. And it was actually in, in surrendering to that human trait in her that led her to do such holy work on the planet. So yeah, I think that's the thing to realize that everyone is going through this, no matter what stage of so-called enlightenment someone is in. It's like, mm-hmm. it's, you know, it's, it's why I really love the goddess traditions. It's all about the spiral and how we're just spiraling in and out. It's a circle rather than a ladder that we're climbing as we go through our lives. I love the the thing that you were talking about in regards to you can't experience courage without experiencing fear. And it made me think of Joseph Campbell, the call to adventure. Mm-hmm. You can't go from one experience without it going through the journey or the adventure to come out, you know, uh, like initiation or transformation. Yes. That. Mm. Yeah, so, that's it. And because I think it's so it's so common for us to feel like, particularly if there is any publicness to, so, you know, you're doing a podcast, like any kind of, any kind of visibility. So many of us, even just if we don't have a visible career and we're just on social media and, you know, people are liking things, it's so common for us to feel like we need to be all sorted at all times, but we're cyclic beings, which means we're constantly in a state of 
transformation, changing form, right? Just like every other bit on the planet. And so it's normal for us to go through a lot of our lives feeling like, oh, I don't really know who I am right now Mm -hmm. because we're not the same person that we were yesterday. And yes, we can draw strength on who we are at core and who we are at soul level, who we've been training to be for lifetimes, who we've been molded into over time. But as we experience these different initiations, we are crossing the bridge to another state of being. (laughs) And so that's why it's like, Oh my gosh, like it's such a, a, a relief to, to be able to say, you know what, I don't have it all together because no one does. So true, so, so true. So Rebecca, as we wrap up the show, we always love to ask our woman of inspiration to pick one word that best describes her personal brand. What would be that one word for you? Oh, I'd say Beauty. Oh, beautiful. And for our listeners who are listening, I would highly recommend to check out Rebecca Campbell. And as she was talking about her publisher, she's talking about Hay House. She is the best-selling author in Hay House. And highly recommend to check her beautiful website and her beautiful books and Oracle cards as well. She's got some new Oracle cards. Did you want to say anything about your cards or your books? Yeah, just head to RebeccaCampbell.me and you'll be able to find them. And, um, yeah, and then as you mentioned earlier, I'm going to be in Australia when then this is live, so I'm doing a, a tour there. And I think I'll see you at the Writers' Workshop as well, right? Absolutely, absolutely. And the other thing we do before uh, we wrap up the show, we always love to ask our woman of inspiration to pick three shiny golden nuggets for our listeners. So what would be those three shiny golden nuggets that you would like to leave for our listeners today? Mm, I'd say, first of all, show up to some kind of spiritual practice. It doesn't have to be like boring and dry, but just show up to some time every day, even if it's five minutes, so you can tune in and prioritize the connection with your soul. Um, The next one would be to spend time in nature. Uh, We've been talking a lot about that mysterious force woven through life, which is in us as well. One of the quickest ways to surrender to that is to connect with nature. And then I'd say as well, don't take yourself so seriously. Just have fun and be a normal human. (laughs) Oh, I love that last one to not take. I think you're right. You know, we do take life a little bit too serious and not have it as much fun. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> so true. Yeah. So Rebecca, yeah. I can't say thank you enough for coming on the show. It's been an absolute delight to have you on the show and sharing your wealth of wisdom. And for our listeners, highly recommend to check out Rebecca Campbell's website. Uh, also, she's on Facebook. Uh, we'll have all the links, Twitter and Instagram. We'll have all the links in the show notes. Thank you so, so much. And really looking forward to seeing you at the uh, Writers' Workshop. Yeah, me too. Thank you so much. See you later, guys. That brings us to the end of another episode. I hope you enjoyed the show as it is my mission to reach out and inspire as many individuals like you. And one of the best ways to help us achieve this goal is by giving us a good review on iTunes. It's easy and it only takes about 10 seconds. 
And when you do, please be sure to let us know by sending us an email to collect your special gift. Where you have a choice from six guided meditations or an ebook to soothe your soul. Now, if you have any questions or special guests that you would like to hear from, please send us an email to support at katherineplano.com.au and we will get right back to you. You can also find us on Instagram, Twitter or Facebook at Catherine Plano. That's it for now. Thanks for listening. Until next week, please take care of yourself.